Welcome to the Dungeons and Diapers podcast. I'm your lead host with the lead most. I'm talking about Ninja Six Nine. The uh, this is my welcome to my stream. I'm here with my my co-host with the co-second most. I'm talking mm. about Ryan Murphy. Hey Ryan, how goes it? Welcome this, to Ninja Show. This is uncomfortable. Uh, <laughs> are we? <laughs> what is this? I've never. So you're you're riffing on Ninja, a popular Twitch streamer. Is that what he's like? Because I don't. I watch don't know. Ninja. Oh, you don't know. Look, Ryan. Here's the deal. When trying to you know market and upswing our popularity, I'm just like maybe I take a different persona on every episode. I base it on popular live streamers. Uh-huh. Then at a certain point, like you know, people are like, "Hey, it's that guy. He does all the imitations. He also has children." You know, like and 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 then next thing you know, we have a huge sensational podcast. It's true. Or Some, we got to try something, right? Or I guess I could just be myself. I mean, that yeah. works too, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Does it work for people? I heard there's this really popular guy who got banned for streaming him going to the bathroom at E3, and he's really? he's a fake person, Doctor Disrespect, Doctor. I think he has a doctorate. Doctor Disrespect is a famous twitch streamer who who wears like his sunglasses and uh, i sound like you know this is this is a good uh this is a good like um you know where your dad is explaining you something cool and making it sound super lame i don't know anything about it i just know that he dresses up and he's like it's a persona and i hate him i don't like him he's obnoxious i don't know how people so kids, um, there's this guy on the internet, and yeah. he, you know, is a very um, high energy, obnoxious guy, and, mm-hmm. uh, and and they're and they're all rolling their. I think his name is Drake. Uh, you know, no, 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 no. Drake is the guy at the Raptors game who yells a lot. That's right. Yeah. That's that's a uh, that's, that's a, a sports uh, reference. Sports reference. A timely sports reference. For now. So that's a, <laughs> it's a double whammy for you there, Ryan. I know. How you doing? Uh, I'm recovering from a cold. Like everybody in this in this household, except for Ashley, is sick. So uh, that's been fun. Basically, the kids melt down around five, and then as soon as bedtime hits, they're like wide awake again. It's like, why can't you melt down at bedtime so you can just fall asleep? Why? Oh, and, and Ryan, it's a man's cold. They're the worst cold. Oh, I know. I, I yeah. I, I I can't. But I can't get away with you know kicking and screaming and wanting. I don't know, a snack at right when it's time for bed or whatever. But no, Caden's Kate, uh, sick. It's funny, though. He's he's sick, but he's got a mind of his own. He's getting really independent where he just the other... So we've had to put, like, deadbolts on the top of doors because he can unlock them and he will go outside. Like, out of your house? Out of the house. And he's done it. You know, and like I was down here and Ashley was outside. Ashley's mom was over and he heard them out the window. So he crawls out of bed, comes downstairs, goes out the front door. And and Ashley's like, was luckily out there. So this was after we uh, we put dead. So we have deadbolts in on the doors now because he, he can just unlock them. So now I've got this like very you know, well-placed fear that he's going to wake up in the middle of the night and as opposed to coming to our bedroom and looking for mommy, he's just going to go outside and it's just, I don't know. And we're taking the pool out, so there's a giant death trap in the backyard, so it's that's a whole other thing. 
But have you uh, ever seen the the movie and or read the graphic novel Watchmen? Mm, I've seen the movie, but I'm not sure I I remember much of it. Uh, there's just at one point Rorschach, this uh, crazy killer superhero mm-hmm. slash guy, gets sent to prison, and uh, and when they lock the, uh, <laughs> I the, okay. the they lock the door, and he's surrounded by thugs. Yeah. They're like, you're stuck in here with us now, Rorschach. And he's like, no, you're stuck in here with me. And uh, I just I just imagine you locking your deadbolt on your door and <laughs> okay. then turning around. And Kaden, and you're like, see, Caden, you're stuck in here now. And he's like, oh, no, Daddy, you're stuck in here with me. That's <laughs> probably no, accurate. let me out. Yeah. But see, the thing is, I, it's funny. When I, when I didn't have kids, uh, I remember very vividly uh, helping my – you know, in-laws move into their new home and the house had a basement, very steep steps and this door right in the kitchen. So a very accessible door. And on the top of the door was this deadbolt on the outside. And sure enough, not having kids at the time, it's like, whoa, this is creepy. Who were they locking in the basement? No, no, no. They weren't locking people in the basement. They were locking people like little children away from those stairs because if all they'd have to do is open that door and then just fall down some steep set of stairs into a concrete floor basement and it's like okay i get it now there's nothing creepy about a deadbolt on the in on the outside uh of a door leading into another another room especially if that room is a death trap so yeah yeah well that's uh it's funny because um we're having conversations with gwen a little bit about that too like she can unlock the doors and goes outside and you know she's she's like almost five like kind of Mm -hmm. checks out but but she's pretty good about listening about like you know not going on the street and not you know not going too far and she has a healthy dose of fear in her so like <laughs> it it, it kind of you know it kind of uh, limits her a little bit so but but I'm at a similar I'm we're at a similar wavelength and Clara has just started has started um, like she can walk and run all over the place, but she's just started being able to climb up stair- stairs mm-hmm. and we don't have like baby gates or anything installed. And uh, it's like, we're living in fear. I, I, I'm in the kitchen, you know, cutting cucumber and then, Je- you know, Gwen's doing arts and crafts at the table and Jesse's like doing some stuff and it's all quiet for a second. And then, then that moment where you sort of all realize like it's, quiet it's too quiet and then i say to jesse i'm like where's clara and then we both run at the same time and find her on like the third stair heading upstairs just (laughs) teetering backwards and i'm like no um i've made a few amazing daddy catches if i do say so myself but yeah uh, abby and both both abby and caden huge fans of the stairs and we 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 only have three or four so it's not like a big deal and we kind of leaned into it, and I think that's why Caden's like so good at climbing stairs, and, and Abby as well. But sometimes, if you, you're right, you don't instill that fear. And Caden's good; he won't go. He'll stay on the sidewalk. He'll wait for someone's hand across the road. He'll look both ways. He's pretty good. Um, but when it comes to stairs, like sometimes Abby's fearless; like she will climb up the outside of the railings to get to the thermostat. And as I explained to her, like, okay, if you're going to play with the thermostat, at least know that you can access it through the railings by going up the actual stairs. You don't have to Tom Cruise it up the up the side of the railing. Like, you know, you don't have to, you know, free hang or what's that Sylvester Stallone movie? Um, uh, cliffhanger? Cliffhanger, yeah. <laughs> don't know why I'd just go with cliffhanger. That seemed like the obvious choice. 
Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. And you know, I'm even at the point where like Ashley's out tonight. So I said, you know, come in the back door because I left it unlocked because I didn't want to leave the front door unlocked. Because honestly, like Caden's also very sneaky. I was down here working after putting him to bed and he had snuck in down down the stairs without me hearing him and he was outside my office he's very creepy so you're right he, I, he's i'm locked in here with him it's, a, it's unfortunate <laughs> i uh there's these courses like we'd be looking at these summer courses for our kids and stuff and there's this one that's called uh, parkour for children <laughs> and, uh, it, and when i saw that i was like why would i give my kids those tools like it seems like I'm like, here, Gwen, learn how to do shit that daddy can't do so that <laughs> so that you can get places even daddy can't get to and you can escape from me even faster than you already do. You know, like Although it's why? tempting, think of the YouTube sensation that is a small child doing parkour. Yeah, think well no hits. offense to no offense to Gwen. Oh, actually it might give me a lot of YouTube hits like clumsy small child busts face doing parkour. Oh god. Like cause because honestly, that's what it would be with Gwen, and I think we 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 know it. Once Clara gets older, I'll send her to the parkour for kids. No offense, Gwen. Yeah. Don't worry, you'll only be listening to this when you're older, and probably not even then. Um, so uh, let's let's uh, let's move right on. Now we've got sort of a a two tier thing where we're going to be normally the dungeons and diapers. They kind of seg together here, but in this case, I feel like E3 is going on. We're both into video games. We're going to spend a lot of time talking about video games in the dungeon, I think, this week. Mm -hmm. Do we want to start right in with that, or do we want to, to do more sort of kid talk, or what's, what's, the, uh, you what's know, your preference? E3 is a big deal, and I feel like both of us are going to have some some favorites to pull out, so I, I think we got to I think we got to dig deep and and focus and then and then you know then we'll talk. we obviously have some kids updates some further kids updates but let's uh let's do a let's do e3 some e3. talk yeah so for those of you who don't know the entertainment expo there uh electronic entertainment expo it's all where it's like the video game super bowl every year where mm -hmm. all the big companies reveal kind of what their slate is for the upcoming year uh so they have these press conferences which are kind of the big the big events now i know a press conference sounds pretty boring but they they tend to do it up real nice with game announcements and and videos and stuff so like there's a few of them uh this year although notably sony which is normally one of the big ones because they're in charge of playstation they mm -hmm. they they no showed uh literally nothing they uh, yeah. I, I expected them to have a like a state of play which is their nintendo direct sure. and they had nothing Nothing. It's crazy. It's insane yeah. that they just literally had nothing. But the show is not over yet. I'm, no. I'm not convinced, like, that the, the, it, let's see if E3 ends with, like, I could see them dropping an extensive trailer for The Last of Us 2 or something like that before, at the very end of the show, you know, when, uh, but, but. Uh, this is the first show in a while where I kind of made, I don't know, maybe it just worked out that way. Maybe I was sitting in a bedroom waiting for a toddler to fall asleep. Mm -hmm. But I but I ended up watching a lot of the press conferences. That I don't normally, normally I just go and see the highlights. Like I don't watch them as they happen. I don't know how you did it this year. I watched a good portion of them. I even, so I had, uh, you know, tie it into the diapers a little bit. Ashley had like a busy week where there was work stuff and then there was uh, family stuff and then, you know, family events and more work stuff. So it ended up being me at home with the kids for majority majority of evenings and, and the weekend. So when Sunday rolled around for Xbox, which was at four o'clock, it's the only one I wanted to watch that was 
you know, at a time when I sh- when I should be with the kids. And Ashley says like, well, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. And says like, just I just want to watch the Microsoft press conference. I know it's geeky. I know it's stupid. I just I need two hours. I know it's a lot to ask, but like I just want to sit and watch this, this stupid press conference. So sure enough, I did get to watch Xbox, uh, the whole thing. And I enjoyed that. I just laugh. I laugh that you walk over, you see Ashley, and she's like, so uh, so was it worth it, your, your two hours? <laughs> and you're like, they had a car made out of Legos. Yeah. And she's like, uh-huh, interesting. And then she just closes the door in your face and locks the deadbolt. Um, <laughs> and I'm locked in here with her, basically, is yeah, what she said. No, Everyone's be- Rorschach. Or no, she locked her, she locked me out. Is that what you're suggesting? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. She's well, no, she she's very supportive. She understands like there, this time this type of stuff comes around once a year, and uh, there were very few companies where I was like, I, I want to make a special case for it. And I think Microsoft was going to have a big showing, uh, and I wanted to see that live so I could experience it. But really, I watched Bethesda, and that was a waste. I think for me, I just felt like it was there was a lot of filler. Uh, same with Square Enix, like I tried to watch that one, but there was a lot of filler, and then by the time the Avengers thing showed up, I was like, I, I was el- upstairs helping Ashley with, with dishes, and I came down, I was like, oh, I missed half well, of what I, I wanted to watch. <laughs> well, I sort of knew that the Square Enix one was going to be sandwiched with like what either Final Fantasy VII Remake was going to open it or close it, and mm-hmm. Avengers was going to do the other. So I knew when Square, Final Fantasy VII opened it, when Final Fantasy VII was done, I'm like, okay, well, like now there's going to be the dregs until we get to um, the 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 closer, which will be the Avengers. Now, full disclosure, one of like one of the people I worked with at Ubisoft at the beginning of the, the, the 2000s worked on the Avengers game. And, he, mm-hmm. and so part of Ida's like, Montreal or uh, no, no. Now he's a, he lives in San Diego and is oh, part neat. of crystal dynamics and, and worked on rides of the tomb Raider and stuff. But like he was, he was posting on Facebook, like about what sort of an exciting thing it was. And for the developers and I, I and I totally get, I totally appreciate that. Like you've worked, you've toiled in the shadows for so long and then they go up and they, and, and they get their sort of moment in the sun. And honestly, the, the, the crowds were like super hilarious to me because like, for example, what was it? Was it? It was the Bethesda one yeah. with the woo guys that were just like they, woo! Bring, they bring them yeah. in every year, and I think ah. it stems back to their first year when Elder Scrolls Online was kind of like this new kid on the block, and people were kind of unsure about it. There was this one woman. Every time Elder Scrolls Online came up, she would woo, and she became the woo girl for Elder Scrolls Online. And it's one of those things where it's just kept going. And Ugh. I gotta say, that's where I love. The Nintendo Direct. Everyone made fun of Nintendo for, you know, bailing on E3 press conferences and putting up, oh, a YouTube video. How's that going to work? And honestly, you just get to experience the trailers and you don't have to listen to people wooing and clapping. Like, I mean, I just don't like it. It's almost the worst part when it's during the trailers. When somebody's on stage and they're talking, they're getting like, (laughs) they get their little reward. They'd be toiling in the shadows. Now they get a cheer. I'm okay with that. But when it's like a video and it's like, oh, now Tifa's on screen and everybody's like, woo, ah, Tifa. uh, Well, I think Square Enix didn't cut the mic, but I think other ones did. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. I will say in Square Enix's defense, okay, just before I, I get into that, I, I, I will say um, 
that having watched the Bethesda conference and mm-hmm. the Square Enix conference, like fairly back to back, like over the course of uh, two days, I did not see the Ubisoft conference. I didn't either. Uh, but but seeing the, the the Bethesda and the Square Enix, I did find it really funny thematically the type of games and how it's to their detriment to show them all at once because uh, Bethesda had way too much super violent shooting. Okay, and like I'm I'm not squeamish in any way or whatever, and I like a lot of these games, but when you're playing like when you're showing like rage. Uh, Rage Two, Doom Eternal, and uh, and uh, Wolfenstein: The New Colossus. Then they announced uh, not Wolfenstein: The New Colossus, Wolfenstein Young Blood. Mm-hmm. Then they had the Wolfenstein VR Cyber game. Then they had the um, what do you call it? Um, the new game from Ar- Arcane, which is about dueling death assassins. Proof? Death Loop. Death de- Loop. De- death. And it don't get me wrong, it like it, it, it looked great and stuff like I, I, I uh, but it was it's in there in this just marathon of ultra violence, right? Yeah. Like and it's all first person shooters of people shooting the shit out of each other. And at one point, like I remember just wa- watching it and being like, This is not helping any of these games being shown back to back to back. Like I know that they all have artistic merit, they all mm. will do well. Uh but but put together it doesn't look great. Alternatively, Square Enix had a bunch of Japanese uh, RPGs, Mm -hmm. uh, which makes sense. And they brought back a bunch of old games. They did all sorts of ports. But they would always have these ridiculous either narrators or or text that pops up on the screen. You know, like in an era of heroes and dragons, you know, like (laughs) – and. I was sitting with my wife and I kept saying like, God, listen to what they're saying right now. It's gobbledygook. It means nothing. And she's like, well, maybe the translation's bad. And I'm like, well, I just think it's written like, like kind of garbage. But the thing is, is that you don't really notice it when you're just playing one JRPG. Mm-hmm. But when you watch like 10 trailers in a row of cell shaded anime JRPGs, while, while like the voice is like in a world of where where modesty is the triumph that binds the soul you know like you're like what does that mean i don't even know it you means know? nothing it's just it it's mean- you know look at this hand well this hand does something i think i but think if, if if they aired that and then they aired a wolfenstein trailer and then they aired another one of those like that's one thing but they, because it's per company mm-hmm. they air they air all their stuff together and i just felt that like it was to the detriment of both companies at the end i was like i don't want to play any of this because this is all the same shit you well know? Like, and that's the problem and i was kind of watching the bethesda one and i was like i wonder if bethesda would ever launch their own console and then there's no way they could because honestly you 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 can't sustain a console business off of just shooters like i think uh, microsoft learned that with um you know the xbox and then the xbox one you know halo wasn't gonna be the be all end all you needed you needed other games and i think that's where the platform specific conferences were really good and that you've got a a plethora of games uh you know the microsoft one it was two hours but they talked about a lot of different things sure there were lulls even for us being like you know multi-genre gamers, uh, there were still moments where it's like, oh, I can check Twitter now for ten minutes while they talk about this other game. Um, but I want to talk about you know you, we mentioned Square Enix and a couple things that caught my eye you know because during E3 everyone's like oh pre-order get thirty percent off pre-order pre-order, and um, 
Final Fantasy Remake, Final Fantasy VII Remake. So that one is weird. It's a full-priced game. It's being released in chunks. But as far as I can understand, Final Fantasy VII Remake, you're buying part one of the game, and then you're going to have to buy part two like three years later. So it's like it's being released in chunks. So, yes, and they had announced the episodic nature of it. Well, But is it episodes that are going to be 80 bucks each? Like, that's crazy. Well, here's the thing. Like, I read a sort of Jason Schreier wrote an article on Kotaku today sort of going into some of the hands-on experience and some of the questions. And he said, like, if you look at Final Fantasy VII, the -hmm. original game, is kind of like the rough draft of something. This is like the final product, and it feels like – um, there, everything is fleshed out. All the scenes are are much longer, and there's there's much more characters, dialogue, uh, co- even the combat. Like the the boss fight that they showed is well longer than it is in um, in the original Final Fantasy VII. So they've said that the first disc is Midgar, and now they've said uh, the first release is Midgar, and they've gone on the record to uh, with Kotaku to say essentially that they don't know, they don't even know yet what the rest is going to look like. There might be like three games, and they might be released um, over large periods, but hmm. I think the big, the big thing to take away here is that this game is going to probably have a lot of new content, it, uh, maybe a lot of new plot, uh, plot plot stuff and looking at the like level of graphics and, and level of everything i think i'm you know i'm cool with like you know if it, they're saying it's going to be like a 30 40 hour rpg i'm cool with shelling out 80 bucks for that just because it's a remake of a game that was a long rpg at the time uh you know if they do if they prove their value in in, in the remake um then i'm okay with 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 paying that money i'll say that i am much more excited about that game now than i was before i was kind of a cynic and Mm -hmm. i was like oh this this is going to like butcher a memory and it's just going to be whatever but having seen both the footage and especially when they went into the combat system Mm -hmm. i was like i like the looks of this combat system i'm i'm totally willing to get on board with that i'm not sure how you felt but Uh, i I I mean I never played the first Final Fantasy Seven, so I, I know I have I have a copy of it. Several, I can play it. But now I'm thinking. I look at this and I'm like, okay, I've played modern Final Fantasy games. I think this looks like a modern Final Fantasy, but with the story that people have talked so much about uh, from the original game. So I, I feel quite confident that I'm going to enjoy it. I just I'm. I think a lot of consumers. It's surprising. I think they're. If this were any other game or any other series, people would be uh, would be shouting from the rooftops that they're getting a remake, but it's being split into multiple games, and it's going to cost them eighty bucks a piece. I I think that goes to show that people have a lot of trust and a lot of faith in the Final Fantasy VII remake as a whole. You know, so because I just haven't really seen that that fervor that the internet seems to always you know they haven't picked up their pitchforks and, and here's the, here's the thing right and you're you're going to be disappointed in some level because one of the things that was so groundbreaking about that game was the detail sort of in maturity of storytelling as compared to what else was going on in 1998 Mm -hmm. right like but but we are way past that now and and so even with the fully fleshed out version of this game when you play it like the story is good there's lots of twists the plotting is good characters are pretty good i i have a feeling that 
you may be a little bit disappointed uh, and uh, nostalgia is obviously a powerful drug and people are are flipping out based on nostalgia mm-hmm. uh, but yeah I, I'm I'm uh, that was that was one of the things like if you ask me what my takeaways are from these these pressers that that game left maybe they showed more or whatever it left they did, more yeah. of a, um, what was your thoughts on Avengers I don't want to sound mean because Go I'm ahead. looking forward to Avengers I, I I think when there was just something about it that felt weirdly off. And I didn't get that sense from Spider-Man when they showed it. I was over the moon about Spider-Man. But maybe when they announced it, you know, the movie Spider-Man, the new movie Spider-Man wasn't quite settled in yet. And now now we've got it and I think they can coexist. But with the Avengers, like just having come off Infinity War and then Endgame, and now we're getting this Avengers video game, which is a new take on the same heroes that were brought up over the last 11 years in the MCU. And that's my my big you know understanding of marvel properties is the movies so it's like when i see it it's just a little weirded out when you when you're seeing these characters look a little different but close and then you know their voices sound very similar but they're they're not and i just the gameplay looks a little i'm not too sure what the gameplay is like they're saying it's single player but it's also co-op and look i i I I agree with I agree with everything you're saying here. It's uh, it. I I tweeted this morning, uh, like sarcastically saying, I don't know why people are down on the new Avengers game. It has all your favorite heroes: Iron Guy, Captain Flag, Black <laughs> Spider, Thunder, the God of Lightning. You know, like the the idea. The idea being, like these guys are 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 there. They're there, but they're not. And you know what? It made me think of a lot of mm-hmm. uh, a lot about is a. And you may not have played this game, but there was a game on um, the Xbox 360 PS3 called The Bourne Conspiracy, and it was uh, based on the Bourne, the the Jason Bourne series. Okay, uh, but it, they didn't have the movie rights, yeah. um, and so it was. By, I think it was by Sierra and High Moon Studios, but they didn't have the movie rights. So they, but the movies were fresh in everybody's mind, and they re- it they base themselves very much on the plot of the movies and not the plot of the books. Um, and so it was like, you're playing through the movies, but everything looks just a little wrong, right? Everything feels wrong. Everything doesn't quite, there's like a, a jankiness, but it's not the normal type of jankiness. It's like, everything is polished, but it does. It just doesn't feel like what, you know, and it was neat of them to bring in all the voice actors and like they're prominent voice actors. Mm. But at this at the same point, it was like, uh, and, and and for those who don't know, they had a a video where they said, meet the Avengers. And it was like all the these prominent voice actors that yeah. video game fans know. Oh, like know. Nolan North, Troy Baker. The only one I Lord didn't know was, was Captain Captain America. Um, right, yeah. I didn't recognize him. But, you know, Travis Willingham, like all amazing voice actors. And I... I think I just, I I need to see more gameplay. That was my thing is like, I I didn't feel like we got gameplay. I feel like we got cinematics and the gameplay to me, I need to see what it is because it's like a co-op, but it's also single player. And then they're talking about releasing additional content and scenarios and new characters. So is that like separate from the campaign? 
Is that like a, a, a Mass Effect 3 type horde mode, which I'd be totally down for. But then there's no loot boxes and they got major cheers. But then they right after that announced like console exclusive content. And I'm like, yeah, you guys are yeah. missing the point here. <laughs> like you can't yeah, no, go uh, for the cheers and then suddenly announce something that people still hate. Yeah, uh, uh, it's, it's, it works because most people have the PS4. Like true. I feel like I feel if they had said and Xbox players will get all this sort of stuff, I think that it wouldn't have gone over as well. Mm-hmm. But but I I agree. Uh, and see, this is the weird thing about this is like I don't think either of us are put off Avengers. Like we were mm. is it probably day one purchase for both of us still. Oh, yeah. But but we're we we're not more excited than we were before. And we knew when we knew nothing, and the imagine our imaginations were our limit, right? Mm. What we got, what, what we got to see, wasn't thus far, um, my you know, mind blowing. So, I mean, for me, that's not. I my my bigger sort of hits of things that I was kind of more interested in were, um, uh, like the 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 Keanu Reeves cyberpunk thing. Mm. I'm really see, cyberpunk is my most uh, the game I'm most excited about. Um, if it had just been some janky celebrity cameo, I would have been very frustrated. Keanu Reeves is essentially an icon of cyberpunk at this point with the Matrix, Johnny Mnemonic, like, you know, that he's just, he he fits in there. And uh, my understanding is his character is going to be a a large, uh, have a large involvement in the plot. And that's, that's cool. Uh, So I was excited about that. I was excited about the new, new games that were announced mostly like we talked about Deathloop and Arcane already, Mm -hmm. but, but there was that one, um, the, the Japanese one set in Tokyo. um, Oh, from, from Bethesda Ghostwire Tokyo or something yeah yeah yes something like that I was like oh man that looks and I like when I like when Japanese developers set games like in Tokyo like be it Persona or whatever Mm -hmm. it just feels like Yakuza they have a they have a good sort of uh, finger on the pulse and it really almost feels like virtual travel to a certain extent so uh, I, I I love that stuff. So that was that was some of my highlights. But I gotta say, like just having it's fresh in my mind, the Nintendo Direct stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like uh, I'm I'm becoming and bear in mind I work for Nintendo, so this is ironic. Yeah, and you were dressed happy. as a giant Pikachu. We told that story yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. I I dressed as Pikachu and got humped by fifteen year olds. Yeah. But it's only now, as an adult of sort of young children. <laughs> That I'm appreciating more and more, like the whimsy of Nintendo mm-hmm. and, and the craftsmanship that goes in their games. Oh, and all you that. must be over the moon about uh, Link's Awakening remake. Like I, it, it, I, it, I am really excited, and it is so funny because Link's Awakening just happens to be like my my parents didn't let me have a Nintendo mm-hmm. or a Super Nintendo, so my first Nintendo console was a Game Boy, and uh, Zelda was one of those big brands you know mm-hmm. and uh and they had like oh, a portable zelda and it was Link's awakening and i played it on a vacation trip and i just could not tear my tear myself away and i got like all the pieces of heart i've never done that in any sort of zelda since you know as a kid like you put more value in the thing that you have and um and yeah like it's it, it's very quirky but i didn't recognize the quirks because it was my first zelda only mm-hmm. in retrospect now do do i note them but the music the windfish song all of that stuff like 
Link's Awakening is a game that means a lot to certain people, and I just happen to be one of those people. I don't know if you weren't one of those people, if you would see it. Because, like, again, like I talked about how Final Fantasy VII doesn't, like, may not hold up super well. I feel like Link's Awakening is, is when you just come down off Breath of the Wild, you might be like, well, hmm. this is kind of small, you know? I mean, I think, I think it requires a certain nostalgia for the franchise to go from breath of the wild which you know probably brought in new new players to the franchise um and might have also i and i know for a fact you know shied some people away from the franchise i know my co-host on the gamers in jocelyn she wasn't a huge fan of breath of the wild she thought it was a good game but it just didn't live up to you know her wanted follow-up to another disappointing Zelda Skyward Sword that that she thought was disappointing. I I, I still liked it. Um, so the last one she liked was like Twilight Princess. Probably yeah, it would have been Twilight Princess, and she played yeah. that on GameCube, right? So she didn't yeah. experience the motion. But um, Link's Awakening for me, I love the two D Zeldas, and the last one they did on the three DS, um, uh, Link Between Worlds, which is, which was essentially a sequel to Link to the Past, was fantastic. So if you're looking for something to like you know, bridge the gap between now and September. And that's the other thing. Link's Awakening is coming out in September. I totally would have pegged it as like a winter game, uh, especially with Animal Crossing being delayed into 2020. The fact that we're getting that in September is amazing. It looks great. And the Amiibo that's going to be coming with it, I think is one people are all going to want because it is a, it is a new Link. Like it's not very often you get a link that is drastically different from other links, and this is a drastically different link. Uh, you know, maybe Breath of the Wild, you could say, was a little bit different, but still kept the archetypes of, you know, the the, the link from Ocarina through, you know, Skyward Sword. But this link that we're getting in Link's Awakening Remake is, is very much um, a brand new 2D-looking link. So I'm... Really looking forward to it. I, I can't wait. It's probably going to be a really good Switch game. And personally, the original Link's Awakening, I played as well. Uh, on the I played it on the Game Boy Color. I played the DX version. And I remember playing it while I was uh, not vacationing, but sort of. We, we were... <laughs> we, we had... What I guess looking back now was essentially like a, a glorified trailer park. Um, but we called it the river and we'd go down and we called the river. We were very original there was a river running through the property and, uh, (laughs) you know, we, we, we would go down there there were some trailers set up. There was like a playground and stuff. It was, you know, looking back very, very fun times as kids. But I, I remember very vividly in the back of a truck going from the main road down to the river and I'm in the back of the truck playing this Game Boy Color, trying to beat Zelda, A Link's Awakening, you know, DX and just loving that game. Uh, so again, I, I think it's one of my most anticipated Switch titles this year. I can They wait. also, like, we should note that they did announce that there's a sequel to Breath of the Wild. Yeah, was that not a huge surprise to you? Like, honestly, that kind of came out of nowhere, you know? Well, here's the thing. It's like, I think that I had been expecting, Nintendo rarely um, puts everything in the kitchen sink into the development of their games. The, 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 um... Their games are, you know, I don't want to say simple, but like when you look at Link's Awakening, uh, I was like, wow, you could remake Link to the Past or the mm-hmm. other Game Boy Zelda games. Um, 
using that art style, like there's a lot that you could do and you could probably pump that out relatively quick. But Breath of the Wild was like years and years of E3s and talking about it and mm-hmm. all of this. So to then be like, all right, now we got to do a new Zelda. What are we going to do? Um, oh, to walk away it, from that R&D and start from scratch would just be... Yeah, like, I mean, it would be mind-boggling. So it, So I think a lot of people have been talking about, well, you know, the Majora's Mask deal. Like what, the last time that Zelda revolutionized the world with the Ocarina of Time, they, they quickly turned it around, leveraged the assets, mm-hmm. did another Zelda and, and took like sort of like a more dark creative kind of bent mm-hmm. with it. And and so like I think people have been talking about, oh, maybe that they will do something like that. But it was Nintendo didn't announce anything and everything was really quiet. I do like their new transparent approach. Like with Metroid Prime earlier this yeah. year, they were like, hey, this development is going shitty. So we're canning it and restarting it are bad. And this time they're like, here's a trailer, but this is just in development. Like it could be years from now before we see that sequel. Well, right? I mean, it. So I looked at that, I saw that trailer and I was thinking like, ooh, is this like a Twilight Princess, you know, remake? Because it kind of like had that feel to it. But then as soon as you see the blue tunics and Zelda and Link uh, walking around with their iconic hair, you're kind of like, oh, no, this is Breath of the Wild focused. And like you kind of like lean towards DLC. But the fact that it's a direct sequel is also kind of unheard of because you're right. Not only does Nintendo, they don't make sequels. And when they do make sequels, it's usually because when they enjoyed the world, so you look at Super Mario Galaxy and Super Mario Galaxy 2, they just enjoyed what they had done with the 3D Mario, and they wanted to go back at it and, and you know expand upon the ideas they had. But this feels like not only a tech side, but also based on interviews I've read, they also wanted to explore Hyrule after Calamity Ganon had been dealt with. Uh, as we see in the trailer, though, there's a new big bad in it, and it very much looks like some sort of calamity still is has survived. Um, but it's hard to tell what's going on. Uh, but do you feel like this is a March 2021 game? Like maybe we get a release date next E3? I, I don't think it's 2020, but I kind of get I, a, I get a sense they're going to stick with that March timeline and and go with March 2021. Yeah. I wouldn't surprise if it, it. I wouldn't surprise be surprised rather if it was a fall um, twenty twenty game. And mm. this is this is one of those things where Nintendo marches to the beat of its own drum. But mm-hmm. if you're following release dates announced at E3, it feels like the beginning of the year is super packed. Like everybody is like, okay, Final Fantasy remake, Cyberpunk, all of this stuff. Like it's all coming out in the first you know, uh, January to May, 2020. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think that it could like, they're saying it's in development. They have all the assets. They've clearly been working on it for the last two years at least. Yeah, probably I would imagine. So, I mean, it's like, they could be way well farther along than we think. Anyway, I was excited about that. Like I know Link's Awakening was coming. The only thing was the date and I knew it was this year. So Mm -hmm. there's nothing really, it's fun to see it. But like for me, the big thing was like, what? You're doing another Breath of the Wild? That's amazing. <laughs> it, um, it was certainly it, a welcome surprise. Now, uh, so so what we're just wrapping up the E3 here. What were your uh, what were your main positive takeaways and any negative ones? Uh, I, I think you know the main positives were just it's funny with Sony not being there. I f- and this is gonna sound bad, but with Sony not being there, I felt like it was a lot more of an inclusive E3, a very 
you know, positive E3 where you saw, you know, Microsoft um, sharing this love uh, for Nintendo platforms. You know, we saw the Banjo announcement, which honestly blew my mind as well. Like the fact that Rare, Nintendo and Microsoft got together and figured out a deal to put Banjo-Kazooie in Smash Brothers, truly making it the ultimate version of a Smash Brothers game because Banjo and Kazooie are a nin- are Nintendo characters. They've always shined best on Nintendo hardware, and they just really haven't been the same since Microsoft bought them. So I'm glad that they're able to they were able to make that you know reach across the aisle, make it happen. Um, so that was Doesn't super feel- positive. Do you find that like because Nintendo's got this hot thing with the mm-hmm. Switch? Everybody's got a Switch. Oh, it's ported to the Switch. I get it. You make a lot of sales on the Switch and all yeah. this, but doesn't it feel like Nintendo is benefiting from everybody's partnership, but but the other companies don't really. It's like so. It's like Banjo is in is in uh, you know like Cuphead was released yeah. on uh, on Switch. It's like micro. What does what does Microsoft like? Microsoft gets exposure, but they don't. Nintendo's not like okay. So now we're gonna put you know. A Mario game, or 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 something, or a character into your Xbox game. You know, it seems like a one way street. It, it in that sense, it is a one way street. But I think really, I think when you look at Microsoft, and that was another positive from my point of view. And and Microsoft is looking more at the gamer and the games as opposed to the hardware. There was a recent article that was put up by The Verge where they had an interview with Phil Spencer, who's the head of Microsoft uh, Microsoft Game Studios, and he was saying the game, the business of games isn't now about selling consoles. It's not number of hardware sold. It's different. And I think what he sees it as is a service-based thing. So now they have um, Xbox Live Gold, Xbox Game Pass, Xbox Game Pass PC, and then a service that combines all three into Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, um, and that gives you everything for like sixteen bucks, uh, seventeen bucks a month uh, Canadian, and that's then they're eventually going to roll in XCloud, which will allow you to stream Xbox and PC games without even owning an Xbox. Uh, and again, like that, that is in direct competition with Stadia coming out later this year as well. So. Microsoft is looking at this at a different view where like they're about services. They don't care where you're playing your games. They just want you to play their games. At the end of the day, they still capture that dollar value. I'm sure there's a deal in place with Banjo being in Smash Brothers where there is this monetary exchange, right, that they were able to figure out. Um, maybe probably Nintendo just licensed the character. It's not like on a per purchase thing, but when you look at what they're doing with Game Pass, and what they're and they're laying the groundwork with the Switch and working with Nintendo. There's always been rumors about Xbox Live and Xbox, you know, Game Pass being compatible on the Switch as well. They just got to build up that relationship, build up those games, and then suddenly, like, you'll have access to them on on your Switch. So you look at Cuphead. Um, people have said Ori in the Blind Forest would be a good match for Switch, stuff like that. Uh, so again, like. It's about the service for Microsoft, whereas Sony is still very much focused on the hardware. Microsoft's more like, no, nah, we don't care where you play Halo. Play it on your PC, play it on your Xbox, play it on your phone. It's still, at the end of the day, our property. We're getting you know money for you playing it. Um, and I really think that's a positive because it puts more control in our hands. Something we were talking about before we even recorded was like the value of Xbox Game Pass PC and... 
how having that little extra subscription on the side is going to give you, you know, some experiences that you may not have, may not have found time or the money to, uh, to investigate, right? Um, so it's a one-way street now because you're getting Banjo and Smash and there doesn't really appear to be like that people heading in the opposite direction. But I think that, you know, Nintendo's also probably going to, you're, you're not going to see Mario games on the Xbox, um, but I think you will see more more of Microsoft taking advantage of the popularity of the Switch. Because remember, you know, Microsoft has no portable gaming system, you know? No, that's right, for sure. No, I I, uh, I thought that um, uh, the, the, that sort of the language they used, the language they used at the Game Awards last year, mm-hmm. where everybody is sort of talking about working together I- I- inclusively, and especially when you have, like, an outsider like Google coming in with Stadia. And it is so funny because it calls back to the days of like, you know, Sony uh, and, and Nintendo and Sega. And they're like, they were like the gatekeepers. And then Microsoft, the big software company is coming in. And now Microsoft is one of the boys and Google is like the big bad. And everybody is like, Oh, you know, like they're, they're doing their thing. It's going to, they're it's going to, it turned the industry on its head. I, it was a little mind-boggling to me when, when people were announcing these games, being like, "Avengers is out in you know, 2020 on, um, uh, you know, uh, PS4, Xbox Live, Stadia. Like, the Stadia is just one of the things now. Like, it's not even out. We haven't even played it. We haven't even tried it. But we don't even know like, if the technology works. You know. Yeah. Like- yeah. Exactly. It's just so many unknowns still. So anyway, I, I thought it was interesting. I will say that, like, I get your thing about the positiveness surrounding this E3, but there's nothing like, like, there's nothing that I was super excited about that i wasn't excited about before e3 if that makes any sense like where i just Hmm. do you remember that one year sony was like and they they they, they are like super premature all the time they're like final fantasy 7 remake shemu 3 like they're just throwing out (laughs) they're throwing out candy like left and right they're like hey you like this and you like that and i I, at the end i was like wow this is so awesome but that was five years ago and half those games aren't out yet like no of of course of course i'm just saying that this e3 even though it's it, it made sense that i like they wouldn't reveal a ton mm-hmm. and some of the things they did reveal i was just like couldn't have cared less about like do, do you remember that one um by the people can fly uh that made uh, bullet storm i and, think um, i missed that one i kind of glossed just, over it it's essentially Destiny, is what it is. It's like oh, a military really? themed Destiny. We don't need uh, another one of those. What I know exactly. That was that was my thought right off. And they're like, first person shooters are in our blood, and we're gonna do a Destiny clone. And I was just like, <laughs> that's oh. what they said. That that no, was a they, great pitch. No, they did it. They didn't <laughs> say it like that, but it was clearly and everything about it, like the trailer, everything just seemed like I couldn't care less, right? So there was a, there was a bunch of uh, new releases where I was like, oh, it's cool that it's something new, but at the same time, it looks uninspiring. And then there was some uh, that were like the the Tokyo one that we talked about, where, which were intriguing, mm-hmm. but not like I'm not like super excited about it. And so there was, I, you know, it, it's just it's. The only thing that I would say that I didn't know before all of E3 that I can say that I know now that I am very excited about hmm. is that there is a sequel coming to Breath of the Wild. Like that is yeah. like the it's a piece of new information I did not have before and I am very excited for. 
Yeah, I'd say like if we had to pick a negative, I think the absence of Sony was was felt. Like it would have been nice, even if it was going to be a C year for them, as they as they bridge the gap to the new generation of hardware. It, it you feel that, and and honestly, I I see it in in the pre-orders as I'm pre-ordering, you know, games for next year in this fall. Like I'm pre-ordering a lot of you know Xbox One versions because I have the Xbox One X now. And there's really not a lot of first-party games on on both sides of the aisle, but you know, I, I think if there were any negatives, I'd say like Sony's absence was really weird. Uh, having them always there as you know, sort of that third pillar for having major releases announced. Uh, but I, I I believe they're really saving everything for the PS5 unveil. Um, yeah, I, I think. Yeah, I think that they know that they're on every generation you lose a lot of people like mm-hmm. they, people become free agents like I was an Xbox 360 guy mm-hmm. um, and then I became a PlayStation 4 guy and when the PlayStation 4 generation's over I'm up for grabs again like I could be on a different console next cycle so they know they've got to come out swinging pretty hard um, and I am I imagine they will we'll, let's let's uh, we spent a lot of time on a three let's let's just move mm. along uh, real quick in terms of uh, uh, diapers I wanted to uh, just it's an easy seg I I took dust off my my switch I hadn't used the switch for quite some time I'm I'm committed to using it more because I feel like I'm not getting the best value out of it it's so portable it, I it could fit in my lifestyle so much better and I'm just I'm just not finding you know i i need to take it around with me i need to think about it more um but one of the one of the games that i bought when i first got the switch was this game called snipper clips mm-hmm. um have you played snipper clips ryan i i have yeah i was a uh, one it launched with the switch i think i picked it up thinking maybe this would be a good co-op game to play with ashley but uh it didn't quite work out. <laughs> it didn't work out no. see See, this is the first game, first video game ever that Gwen and I are playing together. Nice. Uh, that's a lie. I'm already backing off. Oh, the okay. first one was Mario Odyssey because she did that. Oh, she could do Mario that. Odyssey. Yeah. Yeah. But this is the first one where she's like co- controlling an entire character and moving them on a plane in two dimensions and actually being able to do it because there's no time. Like there's no it, – it is an ideal game. To play with your play with your kids, hmm. it's it's uh, arts and craftsy. There's no pressure. Uh, you can solve things together. Um, the concept is that you're two little characters, um, uh, and uh, you're made out of paper. And when you go over the other one, you can cut pieces out of them using your body. It's hard to explain, but. And then there's a button to rebuild yourself if you have too many little pieces cut out of you. And so the puzzles are all based on cutting shapes into the your partner mm-hmm. and uh, using those shapes to solve puzzles. Uh, and there's some light platforming and just different things that you can do. Anyway, it is really, really fun. The tutorial just like in, in, in two minutes will teach you everything you need to know. And Gwen has taken to it uh, like a fish to water, although... You know, she has difficulties. It's her first video game. She has difficulties with a lot of sort of the controls. And once we got through the first wave of puzzles, which were the easy ones, like already like it's ramped up a bit and, and you can see 
um, you know, I'm starting to think like maybe we should just start over and start playing those easy ones again. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, sometimes that's what kids, kids like repetition and stuff. Like, even though I'm like, no, no, let's power through these tougher <laughs> puzzles. You know, um, I, I, she may be at the limit of, of what she can do, but snipper clips, super great game. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be great if you had a six, six, seven year old, like I, Gwen is not even five yet. So it's a little bit of a tall order, but yeah, I well, really did you, like it. Did you ever, I don't know. There's a big switch sale going on right now. Now, I know I don't know if there's a discount on the Yoshi's Crafted World, but did you ever end up picking that up? Because I think it would be a really good fit for no, I, I, th- I totally thought about it, and I think that we will at one point pick mm-hmm. up uh, the Yoshi. We were playing on the on the SNES Classic, the uh, Yoshi's Island Two from Super Nintendo, right, and right. so it's a similar like toss the eggs at, at cartoony shit type game, and she liked uh, she liked that, but Snipper Clips is like one in which like. The Yoshi games, you can still like die, and there's enemies, and there's whatever. Like yeah. Snipper Clips, there's none of that. It's just like it's, it's, it's laid like, back, solve the issue type thing. Yeah, little little bit of music, do 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 do, and then asking asking her like, what do you think we have to do here? Oh, we have to help the fish get to its bowl. <laughs> like, I mean, it it it's really um. So I, I Yoshi, I'm not saying we wouldn't go to Yoshi, and we, mm-hmm. we probably will, but it is you know it is not a full price or close to full price game where simple clips you can get for like 20 bucks yeah it's a fairly discounted it's It's, a yeah but Um, uh yeah it's a it's a good one for sure now ryan um mm. the show notes indicate that you and i have a shared experience yeah why don't you go first sure so uh caden is three and a bit and ashley had a dentist appointment and we always decided okay once caden's old enough We'll kind of pair up, and when Ashley has an appointment, we'll take Caden to his first dentist appointment. So Caden had his first dentist appointment, and I gotta say, there's a big difference between what I remember as a kid going to the dentist and what Caden got going to to the dentist. So we we have a fairly uh, we have a very good dentist, and it's, and it's weird like growing up in a small town and then going to a dentist in a small town. The dentist was like a, a, a reception area. Uh, a waiting room, a waiting room, a reception area, and then the the uh, the dentist's office, and you saw the dentist. Now you see the hygienist, and then the dentist comes in for ten minutes, does a quick check, and says like, "Yeah, you're free to go." Um, oh, really? That's always how it was for me. When yeah. oh, really? Oh, well, maybe <laughs> again. Grew up in a very small. T- I didn't grow up in Ottawa. I grew up in lovely Bell Vegas, uh, <laughs> Bell Belleville. I- I just like how you'd be like, it's, you know, Caden doesn't have to go through what I went through as a kid. I just imagine you're like, <laughs> your, your experience, you walk in, the dentist is like, hey, kid, sit on the chair. Here you go. He punches you right in the nuts and you're like, <laughs> oh, God. And then you fall over in the chair and he's like, makes them open their mouth every time. Let me see what you got. Uh, oh, oh, my God. It, it, meanwhile, Caden's getting like the VIP treatment with like Dude, all this sort of. You're joking, but he did get the VIP treatment. They put like Paw Patrol on one of those like little pull down things, and he's like laying back, and he's got Paw Patrol like right in his view. So all he has to do is do what he always does when he watches TV, and just like literally have his mouth gape open, and <laughs> and he and he did perfectly. He just sat there. He watched Paw Patrol. He wasn't. He he was. I think he was afraid. Yeah, he was afraid, but like you know, I was there with him the whole time, and I kept you know I kept talking to him, and he was fine. And he'd open his mouth, and occasionally he'd like bite on the tools, and and the dentist would say, "Oh, don't bite my tools. I've got more tools, but you only got some teeth," you know. And 
and it went it went really well and uh and he was he was very we got some photos and some i know dentist jokes they're they're almost as bad as dad jokes uh but he did very well and honestly funny enough i had to drag the kids out of there because they have a train table there and they were playing with the train table so like oh no we're we're done with the dentist we we can come back in nine months like you guys have to leave the train table so both abby and caden were kind of like a little bummed that they had to leave the dentist which is that's crazy interesting yeah it went really well so hopefully yours went just as smoothly Ryan's like, it's not supposed to go this well. Nobody no. got punched in the nuts. What's going on here? <laughs> no one got um, punched in the nuts. No one got a blue shell because we used to play Mario Kart all the time when we were at our dentist. But, yeah. Well, in in our case, uh, it, we had done a bit of research to figure out, like, what is a good dentist for kids? And there's this one that's pretty good. Um, and the orthodont, like, there's no TV screen or whatever. Now, the other thing, too, is is they indicated like we're fairly late for first dental appointment, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. So they said, they, you know, Gwen's almost five, she's four and a half. Uh, and uh, they, they said that it's like, it's a full appointment for Gwen. Whereas uh, for, if she had been like three or whatever, they just kind of counter teeth. Yeah. You know, that's what they did with Caden. They just counted and did a little cleaning. Yeah. So for, for Gwen, they do this, they do, a, they did a pretty fairly extensive thing. And, um, including flossing and stuff mm. and i was i was like uh oh this is not gonna go well but she's totally on board and the orthodontist was like amazing like making everything super kid friendly being super patient but i was so proud of her she did so well it, the thing is at the end they have like this pirate's treasure chest mm. and i remember i was just excited to get a friggin' free toothbrush with a cartoon character on it mm -hmm. but but Gwen gets like to open the treasure chest and choose like one prize, and it's like you know there's Hot Wheel cars or there's like bubble mixtures or whatever. Like there's different things, and she was like all excited to choose her thing. So in the end, and we just kept positively reinforcing her. Oh man, you did so great, Gwen! Oh, we're so proud of you. And so it went really well, but we were dreading it before. We were like, oh, man, this is going to be a disaster. And uh, it, I couldn't have been more wrong, and I was really really happy. That's why I made you go first because I figured, especially with little boy, you were going to have a disaster. Someone was going to have a disaster. Oh, my God. It was so bad. And then you would finish, and I would be like, mine went well. <laughs> no, like I had I, – I, I even – so it's funny, whenever I would go to the dentist, I'm there by myself, and they have a coffee machine, and I'm always thinking, one day, one day I'm going to try that coffee machine. And sure enough, when I brought Caden, I was, I was even able to get a coffee and sit there and sip it while he was having his dentist appointment, sitting there right with him and just talking to him. But he got to open the, you know, go into the treasure chest as well and grab a couple toys. And What? He got a treasure chest as well? My God. He did, yeah. He got two toys. So, uh, but he picked, he picked uh, you know, those little rubber bouncing balls which uh, we promptly, uh, you know, put away Confiscated. because uh, Abby would just literally just put them in her mouth and and that would not go over well. So uh, Abby's at that phase where she's literally putting like small if objects that are small enough for her to choke on or block her airway. She will try to put them in her mouth. Um, she's also big on dog food, but we'll save that story for another day. Yeah, Gwen, Gwen is big, uh, sorry, Clara is big at putting, putting stuff in her mouth too. We're like a chain, like, I'll be like, what's in your mouth? That's one of our big <laughs> yeah. things right yeah. now. And it's off, it's often like a dime or something. And I'm oh like, oh God. no, get this out of here. And like, she just takes everything in her mouth. I'm like, God damn it. I feel like we're cops, gonna kill just yourself. like, what, what are you doing? What's in your mouth? Yeah. Open up right yeah. now. You know, like, 
uh, we go to the park, and I don't like going to the one park because it has um, the little stones instead of like sand. Uh, yeah. And and oftentimes, if it goes quiet or she kind of runs away, you know she's put one of those rocks in her mouth. And I'm like, why? Why are you even doing that? Like that's yeah, a like, hard rock. You you fall and you're gonna chip a tooth, man. <sighs> yeah, she. Clara takes rocks in the backyard and shoves them in her mouth too. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why do you want to eat this rock? It tastes like horrible. And then at one point she can't get it out of her mouth and she gets frustrated. And I'm like, well, yeah, it's a rock. Stop eating it. <laughs> but uh, what one thing is that she's all over the pl- place right now. I'll tell you a cute story though. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been a. I have these books that I, I, I read to her at night and uh, one book and I give her the choice. So she's like, just to be clear, she's like 14 months, right? So mm-hmm. she's very small. She's tiny. She's on my knee and I'll hold up two books, one in front of me and one in the, and she'll point to the one that she wants. And then we'll, we'll do that book. And uh, one book we have is like, a, it's like a picture book of the Raffi song, Baby Beluga. Um, are you familiar with Rafi, Ryan? I am familiar with Rafi. All right. So ba- Baby Beluga in the Deep Blue Sea. And um, and so I will sing the song to her as we go through the book. And we've listened to it on the, uh, you know, we've listened to it as well. And uh, it's just funny because she doesn't really say mommy much. Mm-hmm. She says daddy all the time. She says hi. She doesn't. But we're like, and I, I'm sitting there with Jesse at the table and she's like, when's she going to say mommy? And I'm like, she says mommy. She just doesn't say it like on cue all the time. Hmm. And I'm like, and you know, mommy is a little bit of a more complicated thing, thing <laughs> That to never say. works when you explain it that way. It always yeah. comes off as like, she, no, she just says daddy it's, because. It's just like the, the way that you purse your lips to say mommy. It's not the same way as you say, you say daddy, you know. And then Clara says, baby beluga. And I was like, <laughs> well, there goes that argument. And I was like, wow. I'm like, that was adorable. And I'm like, and very complicated. Isn't that great? And she's like, great. She says, baby beluga. <laughs> 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 and, and, now, and now it is quite funny because she'll be like sitting in her chair, eating her carrots or, or, or whatever, and just sort of daydreaming or whatever. And then you'll hear her just go, baby beluga. <laughs> and it's it's super adorable but uh whenever i freaking take out my recording device slash phone uh she never does it she always gets distracted it's never by it, on so demand gonna... she sees the never camera. on demand ryan never on demand so yeah, anyway not very often. cute cute story um we spent a lot of time there on on e3 it was an e3 heavy video game heavy episode but uh but i'm sure we will be back to our regular scheduled diaper changing uh next episode if you have questions ideas for topics you want to hear discussed Mm -hmm. by ryan in his dulcet tones or by ninja 69 in his you can email the show dad at tgistudios.com is our email address Mm -hmm. uh you can visit it on the web tgistudios.com slash dad all our uh, previous episodes are on there um Ryan and I are both individuals of individual natures. You can follow us individually on Twitter. Ryan is at R. Murphy. I am at Crofton Steers. All one word. And uh, Ryan, any final thoughts before we close shop? No, but uh, enjoy E3 week.
All right, buddy. That's going to do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Thanks, everyone. Have a great week. Ryan and Crofton out. Bye, everybody. Bye.